I believe in the power of words. I believe that words have the power to make or break many situations. They can cause people to move and they can cause people to stay. So let me ask you a question. What words would cause you to move in a direction different than you were planning on? How about the words, I'm pregnant? Let's talk about What's happening, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to the What's My Story podcast. I'm your man, Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's me. And welcome to the show where we talk about how people got from there to here, how people navigated pivotal moments in their lives to, 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 to go through the challenges and then get over to the place of success that they now enjoy. We want to help give you roadmaps. We want to help inspire you and motivate you so that when you have a challenge in your space, when you have something that you feel is interrupting your story, you know that you can go on because other people have also done the same. So before we jump into our podcast episode with our fantastic guests, I just wanted to remind you of a few things. Number one, we do what we call the Monday morning get up a motivational moment every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. on the YouTube channel, RK3 TV. TV. Look up uh, RK3 TV on YouTube. We're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Yeah, we go live on Twitter too. We are on Instagram. And so you can find us every Monday morning at 8.30. If you need a little Mm, boost a little, yeah, get up and go. We're going to give that to you every Monday morning. So a couple of weeks ago, we had this fantastic event called the story to stage virtual summit. And that event was geared to helping you figure out how to attract your ideal audience, grow your visibility and generate more income, especially telling your story on video. So we are making the replays available. If you miss the event, you can just go to storyskills.club forward slash summit and you can grab the replays. Nine phenomenal presenters. I say that because I was one. Yes. All right. <laughs> we had a fantastic time, but anybody that was in attendance will tell you that it was a life changing transformational event. So if you want to be a part of that, if you want to experience the life changing transformation about how you can not only change your life, but how you can change the lives of others with your story, head to www.storyskillsclub, storyskills.club. Yes, there's a dot club domain, storyskills.club forward slash summit. All right. Lastly, if you want to know when we're going live, if you want to be a part of our informational ecosystem, make sure that you text me, go to right here. Ah, yeah. 410-936-4049. Text me 410-936-4049. That will give you the inside scoop on giveaways, um, what we're doing in our community and anything that we can do to help you grow using your story. All right. So let's jump into our podcast episode today. I have a fabulous phenomenal guest. And I love the beginning of, of his story or the pivotal moment in his story. And we're going to hear about that 
in just a moment. Terry Begg is my guest today, and he has not advertised his business in the last decade. OMG. Yeah. Talk about a supermarketer or something. He's, he's got like marketing on the sneak, something. He's going he's gonna to tell us a little bit about that today. He's an international speaker. He's the author of Attract and Keep Your Customers for Life. He's been... Uh, he's, he's an author and he really works with a lot of small businesses to help them up level their game. So let's jump in and have this interview with my friend, Terry Begg. Terry, my friend, how are you, sir? Glad to have you on the show today. I'm great, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share uh, a great story that hopefully will help your listeners and uh, maybe even change a few lives. Well, I know it will. I guarantee it because I know that when we, from our hearts, authentically share our stories and we are vulnerable enough to share the challenges that we've gone through, anybody that's touched by that or interacts with that, they can't help but be changed. So I'm thankful that you're able and willing to share your story, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Some of the things I talk about, I used to be embarrassed about, but just for the very reasons you said right there is why I share it now. I've, I'm totally open in full disclosure with everything. And uh, yeah. some of some of it's ugly, but I share it all. Love it. I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about where what's happening in your world right now. I just talked about some of your bio. You're an author. You're a speaker. Uh, you haven't advertised <laughs> in the last decade. And yet... Somehow you still managed to run a business. Tell us a little bit about your business. My business, I own, I own a house painting business, like I'd mentioned, and uh, been doing it since I was 18 years old, and I'm now 63. So that's like a lot of years, 44 years, I think it is. And the reason I don't advertise is because I get so many calls for painting that I can't even come close to keeping up. I probably turn away more customers than than um, than I um, contract with, you know, paint their homes because it's gotten to the point where I, I, I know I could run a second or a third crew very easily, but it's just hard to keep the control over quality and the connections that's so important to me with my customers. Yeah. So that's why that I say I don't advertise. I I honestly don't think I ever will again, just because crazy successful with my business. My my pipeline's always 40 to 45 houses booked ahead. Wow. Wow. So, so let's, let's back up in your story here a little bit. You've had this painting company since the, uh, the seventies, man, you started a company in the late seventies. I won't even tell you how old I was when you started your company, but that's, that's the other story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but oh but so you, you started your company, um, and you worked for a little bit. And at the beginning, I talked about the power of words here. You were working in your company and tell us about, how it was was going was it fantastic sure. was it blowing up the, the 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 income or what was happening in your business when you first started in the early in the late 70s early 80s you know i started right as i got out of high school and 18 years old and uh it, and i wasn't i should have been more committed but i was living at home still and just having a good time honestly I, i'm reason that i wasn't real successful though i was working a little bit was mostly because i just couldn't see past friday night you know, I wanted to be out as a young guy. And but I married my wife very young. She was just 19 and I was 21. And um, that wasn't the pregnant part that you talked about. We ended up uh, when we got married, I promised her, I said, hey, I'm a business owner. Things are going to be good. I just got to get a little better at painting. And year after year after year, I got after a while, I got pretty good, but nothing changed. I mean, I can remember 
oh my gosh, when I talk about these horrible stories, I can remember vacuuming a guy's house just for an extra 20 bucks before his wow. wife came home, someone I was painting for. So that, that's one I used to be embarrassed to share, but just to give you an idea where I was at at that time. And it was crushing me mostly because I was a married guy. Now we were living in a one bedroom apartment and I pulled my wife down with me, but I came home one day when I was I think 27 or 28 around there about eight years after we had been married and there i found her on the couch with tears in her eyes never a good sign right no. <laughs> and i looked at her i said what's wrong and she said those three little words to me that changed everything in my life and they were terry i'm pregnant and i can't explain it other than it was like a switch had had sort of just flipped in my brain all of a sudden this this crappy lifestyle that i I could control, I had control over, I was no longer going to be good enough to, to when I was bringing a child into the world. And we sat down right then and I we wrote out a list of what we wanted our life to look like by the time he was born. And that involved uh, moving, having a new house instead of a one bedroom apartment and owning a business that was so successful, I could take the winter off if I wanted to, because we were outside painters or I was rather. And um, the skip ahead eight, nine months, my son was just born. A week later, we moved into our three-bedroom, brand-new house. I had doubled my income, and over the course of the next year, I doubled it again. Wow. And hopefully throughout this talk, I can explain a little bit of what I did, what changed. But so let's it really walk it all... through. Let, okay. Let's walk it through, man, because, I, I, I mean, it's one thing for somebody to hear, okay, yeah, you, you sat down, and we hear from gurus all the time, also about mindset. you got to shift your mindset, right? Mm -hmm. But you had, assuming based on when she told you, you had less than nine months. <laughs> Correct. That's right. <laughs> to make this shift. Was, so what did you do yep. to shift? The, the big change was, it, it, I have to admit, it was mindset, but only in terms of I knew I had to start taking action. Instead of letting life just just reacting to life, I started controlling my life, making at least making the mistakes because I was being proactive. Right. And I even say that in my book is that even making, even going the wrong way on a decision was still better than not doing anything at all. Wow. And so- the first thing I did is I started, I quit all the contractors I was working for because they were just holding me down. They're, they're, they're hiring the cheapest guy they can find. And that was me because I would take the job just to keep working. I, I wasn't good at marketing. I really didn't know what I was doing because I just went into business on my own and thought I could figure it out along the way. Looking back, that was a huge mistake. But one of the things I did is I started talking to some people that see if they would come and work for me, even though I had no work. They were friends of mine. Wow. And I knew how, and I started talking to painters, looking around the industry, finding the guys that are living the life I want to live. They had nice houses and they were doing things that I wasn't doing, like spraying outside. They were spraying houses, aluminum siding, cedar sided homes. And I thought they're no better than me. If they can do this and live that life, why can't I? And so I, uh, I joined an association, a, near, a remodeling association. Mm -hmm. And with that, I got into a couple of uh, spring home and garden shows. Painters didn't do that. I don't even know if they do them anymore that much. But I got so many leads out of those because I was the only painter in there. And because I joined this organization called Nary, my customers started looking at me as a professional because I was in a professional organization. So in wow. their eyes, they saw me like one of them, although one of the professionals in there, even though I, I still felt like I, I, I didn't still believe in myself enough. Wow. I, I want to pull two things from what you just said, and I hope people really got this. So number one, you said you hired some people before you could even afford to <laughs> hire people or before you knew what you were going to hire them to do. And the second thing that you said was that you professionalized yourself. You put yourself in the space of other people 
who mm-hmm. were experts in, in, in their industry. So let's go back to the first one for a moment here. What did it do or why did you feel like, you know, you could hire people when you didn't have, you didn't have a job for them initially? <laughs> Exactly. I didn't, but it was still, it was, this was still the winter time and they, they knew I was outside and we'd start in the spring in April, we'd be ready to go. And I got, I got commitments on them and they were young guys too, you know, younger than me, all of them were, they were in their early Mm twenties. So, um, guys that didn't go to college and, um, were up for the chance to work outside. I made them a lot of promises and and I think I stuck to most of those. Mm -hmm. And I can remember the first, and once I learned how to turn jobs over really quickly, which is by spring, we were able to do a house in a day. What I was used to doing a week, all of a sudden we were doing in one day. I remember starting that first week in April thinking I had enough work for the week. And by Tuesday afternoon, we were almost out of jobs. So I had to start beating the bushes. But the next thing I did then is I learned how to communicate my value to my customers. You know, Mm -hmm. I I had to kind of not fake it till you make it. But what I called it is I practiced the future. I went out there believing in myself. If if the customer would ask me if I wanted a cup of coffee, I didn't drink coffee, but I I said yes. (laughs) It's just so I had no reason to sit down and talk to them. I told them a little bit of my backstory, how um, we we had a child on the way. and, And that helped a lot because they saw I was sincere. I didn't ask them to trust me. I'd kind of learned that was the wrong way to go about getting trusted. You know, it kind of throws up a flag sometimes. Right. And instead of saying, trust me, I said, if you just take a chance on me, I won't let you down. And I, was, I looked him right in the eye and said that. And what I found was um, people kind of would root for the underdog sort of. They would give me a chance. And I would just all about value, about providing as much value as I could that my guys used to say, you know, come on, we're done. Let's go. I said, no, it's not done. We got to get everything just perfect. We cleaned the yard up. So it was nicer than when we got there. And we did things that just blew our customers away. And from there on, it just kept growing and growing, getting in that home and garden, that spring home and garden show. I came out of there with, I want to say about 80 leads. And wow. I still, I think, I think I still am doing business now since then it's been over 30 years ago and I'm still doing business for some of those customers or referrals from that first group. Wow. Um, the wow. reason I don't advertise is all of my business now, and it's been this way for a long time is all either refer referral or repeat customers. And I just got hired last week by a guy I painted his house the first time in 1994. And he wow. remembered me. I couldn't wow. believe it. Wow. So I, I want, we're going to take a break, but I want to, I want you to think about this and I want to ask you this question when we come back. So you've had these customers, um, you've, you've had these customers, you've, you've, you hired these people in the beginning, you were the contractor and you were doing the painting and you were doing the work. But now once you had to, um, hire people and find business, your role kind of shifted a bit, even though you you weren't necessarily aware or schooled in, in, yes. in business in that way. So I want, I want to talk a little bit about um, how you shifted from the sole proprietor to the CEO mm-hmm. mindset when we return. Are you a content creator, speaker, or thought leader? Do you pull your hair out every time you try to edit a video or get really disappointed when your videos don't get the views you're hoping for? It's okay to admit that you need help. If you're ready to stop wasting time and start spreading your message, it's nice to meet you. I'm Kayla O'Brien of Kayla O'Brien Media. I help creators in a variety of businesses get a foolproof game plan for their video content. Does that sound like something you want? No matter where you're starting from today, you need to know what your goals are 
how to get the highest production value, and how to edit your content to fit correctly on each platform. No matter what your budget, there are options that can help you get started today. If you're ready to take your content creation experience from this to this, visit KaloBryanMedia.com and let's connect. All right, Kayla, thank you so much for that. If you want to take your content creation to the next level, you want to make sure that you have a content creation person who can do that for you. I don't know if you've spent time creating content on your phone and doing all of these different things. Yeah, there are apps and there are a lot of different things that can help you out, but it helps so much if you have an expert in your corner, somebody who can take it off your hands and get it done in a way that not only will you love, but your customers and your prospects will love also. So let's jump back to this interview with Terry. So Terry, yeah, you start this business and now you're not at the place anymore where you're doing the main painting. You're outside, you, you hire people and you're now having to make sure that you sustain them in, in some way. You ran out of business on Tuesday and you're like, holy smokes, we got to figure out what to do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and next week. Right? So um, what was, what shifted or what, how did you adjust your mindset from the doer or the executor to now the strategic sales business getter person? Sure. On it. And that is a great question, Robert, too, because honestly, to this day, I still struggle with that. And it's not so much that I can't leave the job and just run the business. It's that I still love being in the business. I still love painting and I do some, you know, as much as I can, honestly, but yeah, making that transition right off was really hard, but the guys, they didn't want me there anyways. Once they knew what they were doing, we had a system for repeating over and over and over. We would just do a certain niche. And the more I niche that, uh, the more people wanted us. So I found that to really work out well, but I, what I did do those, I made talking to the customers, selling the jobs, the most important thing. And anytime I had after that, then I would go back on to the job, but I made that the most important focus. And what I learned was the more I could get my customers to trust me, the better chance I had of getting hired. And sometimes even right on the spot, a lot of times right on the spot. Um, it's just, it's hard to build trust over time. And that's when I wrote the book a little bit later, when I realized there's so many little things that make up, uh, becoming that authority and, and being trusted with your customers so you can get hired. And, and in this home services industry, you're coming to their house. So trust is huge. And I learned that I had to make myself more likable to them and more believable before they would trust me. And those are the steps that I walk people through with my book and my course as well. Yeah. So, helps. um, you started to mention your book and your course. Um, mm -hmm. And for those that have been listening since the beginning here, you've thought that we were just talking to a painter guy. <laughs> right? you, so now he's telling you a little bit about um, courses and in some regard, I'll call it coaching in some ways. Tell us uh, about the transition. So what now made you realize, okay, I made this step or this shift in my business. And there are others that may need to make the, this shift. What what allowed you to now say, okay, let me let me teach this differently? Oh, 
Okay. And it was when I realized the most important part of the business is keeping that customer pipeline full. Because once I had a, a lot of work, like I said, 40, 45 homes, then you get a little, a little more comfortable. You can go a little higher on your prices and you can weed out the jobs, the people you don't want to work for and the jobs that are just ugly. You know, all the ones I had to take early on, which were the ones nobody else wanted. So finding those jobs and really it just comes down to positioning yourself as an expert, making sure people know that you know what you're doing and you got to make a lot of promises. But then I, I, keep every one of them both verbally and in person or verbally and written on my contract. I keep every promise and I do more than I promise. Wow. And they're just blown away by our service. That's, that's what really makes a difference now. So let, let's talk about that for a second, because that that's huge. I don't know if you even recognize how huge what you just said is um, keeping your promises. There's this great book by Don Miguel Ruiz called the four agreements. And the first agreement is honor your word. Right. And Sometimes we say things and life changes or circumstances change, which cause us not to be able to honor our original agreement or our additional word. How do you, with your customers, manage to keep your promises even before you're aware of the circumstances that can affect those promises? Well, I, I kind of learned the hard way not to promise anything that I can't come through with. So, um, as I said, I make a lot of promises. I, um, I take a lot of chances. One thing that I do, uh, an example of that, that really builds trust for me is I extend trust first. And what I mean by that is I do what's called risk reversible. Um, the customer, uh, I had a, an, um, a doctor call me, I gave him a bid last summer and he just called me back about two weeks ago. He said, okay, I'm ready to go ahead this, this spring. Um, where do I sign and how much money do you need down? And I say, I don't need it. I said, I don't need a signed contract and I don't take any money down. I said, I won't turn a bill into you until you tell me you're happy with the work. Wow. And some people think I'm crazy to do that. And when I first did it, I was a little bit desperate and I knew I had to figure something out though. I had to take some chances. And honestly, now I've painted over 5,000 homes. I've made that promise on every one of them and I've only ever been burnt one time. Wow. And I think that guy, that guy was going to burn me anyways, I believe. So, and that was a right. long time ago, but yeah. Even if I got burnt once a year, it still would be worth giving that, you know, reversing that risk. I mean, they take no risk by hiring me. And that's a great example of extending trust in order to get trust from your customers. Yeah. So it, you it, just you you just walked through something and you, you mentioned that you told somebody that they didn't need to pay any money down and mm -hmm. they, they could just pay you when they're when they're happy with the work. I think with a lot of especially beginning business owners, that's that's scary. Right. It's risky. And yeah. so you've got this book now that you say attract and keep customers for life. And then you talk about four abilities to build trust, communicate your value and charge what you're worth. So how do you communicate value and charge what you're worth if you're not charging until you're done? Well, they, they still have a job proposal I send them and they, mm -hmm. they, they go over it all. And a lot of them want to sign it anyways. They'd rather have right. a contract. And um, but the. I just, I have a lot of confidence in that. And they see that in me that I'm very, very confident. And I, I wasn't at first though. I was a little bit afraid to do this, but like I said, my back was kind of against the wall. That was still way back when I needed work. You know, I had the guys, I had to process. I just didn't have enough jobs. And that's when I started making some big promises and taking some chances. And, and that was one that really paid off big for me. Honestly, people are almost uncomfortable with that deal. As soon as we get started, a lot of times they'll say, do you want some of the money now? I said, yeah. no, I'll, I'll, one of the things though I do have going for me is we turn jobs over very fast. You know, we do them in a day, day and a half. So yeah. ask them not to pay till you're done. 
isn't that big of an ask. But and I understand companies who get on two or three month or multi million dollar projects can't do that, of course. Right. But for for my business model, it works very well. Okay, so I think maybe the takeaway for from people is also to understand your business model and know what risk you can you can mitigate or 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 handle or deal with inside all of this this is awesome man so you talk about the four abilities and you have a book called uh and the matter of fact the website is the four abilities.com the number four the four abilities.com to go check out terry's book and you talk about growing your business and and you've several times doubled tripled quadrupled Mm -hmm. your income within a short short amount short amount of time so we only have a few minutes left here. What is the quick secret without giving all of it away to really secret. being able to multiply your income? Uh, I think one, you got to believe in yourself like nothing, like it's nobody's business. I mean, if you're not 100% confident that you provide a product that's worth 10 times what you're charging, then why would your customers believe that? So a really strong self-belief is powerful. Um, getting other people's words, collecting testimonials. When, when you yeah. can find anything that anyone else says is 100 times more believable than anything that you could say. Another yeah. thing. So those are a couple of things. And the biggest mistake I made is in my early 20s, I didn't reach out and ask for help. I was bullheaded. I thought I could figure it out on my own. And that was a huge mistake in my life. So uh, hopefully that that's good enough for now. But I did want you to know, if you go to the fourabilities.com, my book's free right now. I'm just charging shipping and handling. Is Love all. it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And you've, you've got another site here and I'm actually going to share it for those of people that are, that are watching for us. So he's got a free ebook and I think this is part of the book, but we our our uh, link for him is uh, rk3.live forward slash Terry bag. Okay. Go there. It'll take you right to his site. You can download his free ebook and his information there. So Terry, tell us a little bit more and I've got you on screen by yourself there, but tell us a little bit more about how you help people now. In addition to painting, what, what is some of the personal growth work that you do and where they can get in touch with you? Sure. Um, you can find me at terrybag.com. It's a good place to find my course. Um, I offer the book first because I like people to, once they've read that, then then they know a little bit more and would be more prepared for the course. But what the course does is it follows the book. It's about over 100 pages, the workbook and 25 videos where I'm here in my office, where I talk about all these little things that that make a huge difference when all combined together. Um, and as I mentioned, there's four abilities, but under each ability, there's probably 10 or 12 different little things that you can do that will create likability and build trust and, and, and give you give your customers that, that wow factor, which is why I get referred so much because I learned how to wow my customers. And I give a ton of examples on there, how to do that. Um, I walk them through, I show you, you know, where to go, what organizations you can join to, um, present yourself as more of a professional, all the things that we talk about here and everything that's in my book, I walk them through throughout the course. I love it. I love it. Terry, it's been fantastic having you on the What's My Story podcast, helping you, helping us navigate from challenging situations to being able to live the lives that we dream of from I'm pregnant to I'm possible. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, I, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Hang out in the green room for just a moment as we wrap this up. All right. Thank you. So. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what challenge you've had to navigate. I don't know what is happening in your space, but know this, especially as Terry, Terry told us today, 
believe in yourself, bet on yourself, and go big with your dreams. Because if others see that, it's attractive to them. If others see that, it's something that they might even wish that they could do themselves. When others see that, your story is, uh, is a seed of transformation for them. As we said at the end of every episode, everything that happens to you, to, to you in life is your stuff. Yeah, even the challenging stuff. All of that is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. See ya. What's my story?